This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 347 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, 2K Gray, Kentucky Performance Products, and Bed in a Box. Today on the show, we have Aiden Uhler and JJ Tate on to talk about the USDF FEI Trainers Conference. Cassandra Hummert will come on to tell us about the USDF Graduate Young Riders Program, and we will have JJ Tate back for the Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. Stanfield from Loxahatchee, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Loxahatchee, Florida also, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show with our producer, Glenn. He's here today. today wow, too. Philip's in Florida. It's like <laughs> minus four in Canada, Fahrenheit, <laughs> and he's down there soaking up the sun on the beach. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's not about it's not about making other people jealous. No, that's, that's no, no, because hard. There's been no beach because as I'm this is say. coming out, they're predicted to have a, a blizzard yeah. up in the northeast, oh. and we're oh, no. <laughs> and I they all don't so want to hear this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody batten down the hatches. We are we are thinking of you seriously. We we hate it's. We want everybody to be in the same weather. Did we you are. hear what Lexington is supposed to get? Now we're recording this Thursday night. It hits tomorrow. They're supposed to get 15 inches of snow with 40 mile an hour winds. Your barn is going to be covered over. You know, I'm a, I'm a little concerned, and we'll see how Travis does, because Travis will be at the farm, and <laughs> we'll see, because... Does he own I, a I snow know. shovel? He, he does. Okay. He's very good at right. using the tractor, so he can do that, but he may very well have to do a stall. I'm just saying. Oh, no. Like, it may happen, so I've got to like make sure clean girls- poop? He may, yeah. Travis, if you're listening to this, let me give you a tip. Uh, Having been in a barn in Pennsylvania when it snows a lot and you couldn't get outside the stalls, you just pile all the poop in the corner till your wife gets home. That That may be what happens. (laughs) (laughs) You just throw it in the corner of the stall, keep high. The one year we were snowed in for, we had a blizzard and it was like nine foot drifts. We could not take the poop out at all. The the poop actually reached the ceiling in the corner till we could get it out. Well, you know, we're going to have to kind of talk about that tonight. Get like, well, what do we do? Yeah, if the girls can't get there. So we'll make sure he knows how to, hey, if the horses have hay and water and, um, you know, a little bit of grain, they'll be okay. I'll call him and give him the tips for the yeah, horse husband should. tips. Yeah, the, that, horse husband well, yeah, the things you're to, allowed to get away with and your wife isn't looking. I exactly. will call him. Hey, as long as the horses have hay and water. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, so I want to explain really, something before we get on. We have a lot of uh, guests to get to, so we'll get right to the show. But uh, tonight's sound was a little challenging. Uh, Philip sounds hollow and kind of um, I don't Yucky. know what. The, yeah, because Yucky. because he's uh, he's actually on a some kind of tablet, um, <laughs> and he's two rooms over from Reese, and we can't get him on the same mic. So um, he's not on a mic at all. He's just coming through his tablet. That's why it's he sounds hollow. Week. Yeah, it's yeah. tricky week. <laughs> And all the guests have been tricky with their cell phones, especially, you'll have to forgive J.J. Tate. She must have bought her phone at the used uh, pawn shop because uh, it was was challenging, to say the least. And and you guys, for some reason, for the wealthiest county in Florida, you have horrible cell service in Wellington. Oh, I don't. My my phone doesn't even work in my house, so (laughs) we apologize. (laughs) I I don't get it. You guys should have the best cell service of anywhere in the state. Crazy. It's crazy. But, yeah, no, it's it's a little bit of a challenge, but uh, it's fun, and it's super fun to have Philip here. He uh, has been here at the barn with us all week, which is great, and uh, USDF was fantastic, and we uh, went to the USDF Trainers Conference with Yo Hinneman, which was uh, kind of what the show is sort of dedicated to the programs. It was a really busy week for USDF was, down here. It was a great conference, yeah. Yep. Can you give people an idea of what happened at the conference? What happens? Yeah, so um, the, this conference particularly was for FEI trainers, and we've kind of talked about it in the last couple of weeks, but you, you need to have some criteria to, to go to this conference, So, which is fun because it's really meant to be for trainers so um that's what it's geared to and you know how do we how do we as a trainer group uh teach our riders better uh so So that's really for the most part it's you know pretty much you know a clinic format you know but a lot of the discussion is more for the for the people watching than the rider you know 
and uh, you know just trying to get explanations and then and then the the auditors can um, ask questions there's you know uh, question and answer periods in which you can sort of address something that you saw that you want to explain better so um, you know it's really good that way and uh, and then they have some demo riders which are you know really uh, some of the most accomplished riders that I you know that we've seen you know it's great because they're all sort of down here in Florida so so you know the riders ride the the teacher teach and then there's some discussion and question and answer and um, it was it was fantastic but it's a great it was a great experience and then also Philip and I on Wednesday went to an even more select group which is uh, just for USDF certified instructors and uh, Philip was my guest which was great and uh, <laughs> that was uh, just a morning from 9 to 12 at Shelley Francis's farm uh, here in White Fences and so we really got to see and she was very very kind and answered questions about what her system is about and how she rides her horses and trains her students. Um, and I think, you know, for, for instructors, you know, you learn so much by going to someone else's facility and seeing, you know, how they do things. So uh, that was another, so uh, another group. So we've had literally, you know, three, uh, two and a half days of conferences, which is, which has been well, really fun. Learning, 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 trying to cram mm-hmm. it all in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, we're going to get to our first guest here, but first we have to hear from 2K Gray. I have a question for Philip. Uh, your wife looks so good in her 2K Gray uh, breeches. Uh, do you let her wear them when you're not there? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I never, I never worry about my wife going to the barn. You know, there's not too many guys hanging around there <laughs> checking, out the, checking out her 2K Gray breeches, so... But um, yeah, but they're so nice. She can be wearing them to the grocery store and the produce aisle, and you never know who's looking there. So, <laughs> oh my gosh! As, as long as she's not going out a night on the town while I'm gone, you know, and, and wearing wearing those breeches, then I think I'm going to be fine. All right. Well, let's hear all about them. Two K Gray's mission is to honor a woman's adventurous spirit by creating apparel that offers comfort while riding, plus style when you're not. In 2011, Grand Prix rider and entrepreneur Chris Pinto joined forces with fashion industry veteran Meryl Ranzer to create a chic and sophisticated line of performance riding breeches that look and feel better than your favorite pair of jeans. The line, made for women by women, is now being expanded and refined by teaming up with global equine manufacturer and distributor Intrepid International and notable fashion designer Kia Tomlin. 2K Gray offers serious riding clothes that are sturdy in the saddle, yet slimming, stunning, and sophisticated everywhere else. Each detail, from pocket shape to seam placement, is designed to enhance a woman's silhouette and to celebrate different body types. The collection is machine washable and proudly designed in the USA. Check out the new and exciting designs at 2kgray.com. That's the number 2, the letter K, G-R-E-Y, dot com. You can also follow them on Facebook at 2kgray. Feel better and ride better. 2kgray. Well, now we're going to have Aiden Uller to talk about her experience at the USTF FEI Trainers Conference. Well, this evening, I am so happy to have our friend Aiden Uller back on the program. Aiden, how are you today? Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, we always love catching up with you and see what you're up to. And uh, I definitely have seen you a lot down here. You're down here in Wellington, Florida, working on the Brentina Cup, right? Mm-hmm. That is correct. And you also have, you're working for an amazing person. Who are you working for? I'm currently working for Christine Traurig, um, and we are stationed at Palm Beach Equine Sports Complex, and it's wonderful, though. We're planning on staying um, most of the season, depending on the weather, and back home in California, if it's cooperating <laughs> with us. Yeah, I think uh, most of the country is probably getting hit with a huge snowstorm, so it's going to like storm here tomorrow, but we're uh, running around on t-shirts, so people don't like to hear us talk about the weather. <laughs> I know. <laughs> people get a little cranky. Uh, well, Aiden, you did such a fantastic job this week um, at the USDF Trainers Conference with Yo Hinneman, and we wanted to catch up with you because you did such a fantastic demo 
of sort of doing the Brentina Cup, which is the mm-hmm. U25, under 25 Grand Prix. So we wanted to catch up with you and, and how Shapur is doing and what you thought of the conference. Well, I thought it was a really good experience for Shapur and I, um, you know, as you know, I trained with Christine and it, she is a former um, student of Johanneman. So a lot of the stuff that we were working on at the conference were things that Christine and I have been working on, which is really great because it solidifies everything we've been doing and it's reiterating that we're on the right track and everything. And I was really happy with Shakur and working with the Piazza and Passage because he has really just recently picked up uh, the Passage in the last, um, I want to say like six, seven months. And he didn't have one at Young Riders or anything. And we didn't really think that he was going to... be able to do the Grand Prix movements, but we've been working super hard and Christine has been amazing and, and everybody along the way has been helping us to get to this point. And it, you know, Shapur, of course, Shapur is the major part and he has such a big heart and is trying his hardest to get all these Grand Prix movements and doing them well. He is, he is doing such a good job. And so are you, this is your first horse that you've trained to this level, right? I know it is. I was just like amazed. <laughs> it's fantastic. So tell us some of the things that you've been working on with Christine that um, that you worked on also in the trainers conference. Well, in the trainers conference, Yo had me work a lot on um, the accuracy of my movements because that is something that I do lack is going from point A to point B and really riding in between like how I did he had me do the, my extended canter several times because I went and I went starting in my extended canter and then I brought him back and then I was on the line going straight. And then I did my flying change versus how you're doing flying change on the diagonal because that's where the technically the movement is supposed to be. And also doing my canter pirouettes, making sure that I get like six to seven strides instead of making it like an eight stride canter pirouette and getting the shoulders around and not just putting the haunches in and spinning around and it makes it such a big circle. But that's a lot of the stuff that we've been working on at home as well. Yeah. And he really was a stickler. That was what was really cool and, and refreshing uh, and a good reminder Mm -hmm. for all of us sitting in the seats. And he was so particular about the points. Uh, One one particular trainer actually had to do like a 10 minute lesson on a 20 meter circle, <laughs> which I'm sure she didn't like, but it was a really good reminder of, you know, if your trainer says ride a 20 meter circle, ride a 20 meter, circle. ride a 20 meter circle. <laughs> yeah. Or if he says be on the center line, you have to be on the center line. So, Oh was, my God. Yes. Yeah. I did my center line so many times. You did. <laughs> yeah. Like, a lot of center lines. <laughs> I forgot about that, but I was going up center line and then I would be like off to the left a little bit. And then I do it again. You'd be off to the right a little bit over correcting. And she's like, where are you? She's like, she saw X coming from a long ways away and she still missed it. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of cute. cute moment for It sure. was really funny. Yeah, that was a super cute moment. But it's true, though. I mean, I think that that was a huge reminder um, for all of us. And then um, also you talked about your Piaf Passage. So Shapur mm-hmm. and you are green the Passage and in the Piaf. Very green. Yeah, <laughs> but looking great. I mean, really, really looking good. So what were some things that you guys really focused on uh, in the Piaf and Passage? Um, with Shapur, um, what I have to focus on is getting him to like be up out in the neck and starting that way. And when I'm doing the, I mean, the piaf when I'm starting, don't have him down low and, and falling down to the ground because then he's just going to be like stomping his feet really, really quick and everything. And there's not going to be much cadence to it. But so then both Yo and Christine have said that I need to get him up out and then light with the hands. And then and that's something that Yo says is was think of the, think of rain back to keep him, more on the spot but it's not like in a way of like go backwards it's like that feeling you get in your hands when you're going to do a rain back and having him on the spot and being able to do the pee off more uh with more cadence and everything instead of just stomping around right yeah no which is great and then your pee off was absolutely fantastic at the end it's really quite good Really good. Thank you. <laughs> so what are some, you know, big takeaways that you're taking away from your time at this trainers conference? 
some big takeaways. I think is definitely the accuracy because I'm losing points and that's just me kind of being kind of careless about it. And then I really need to know my tests so extremely well and ride letter to letter and be focused on that because then I, if I get those like little, you know, go into the corners deep and, and be straight on my lines and everything, then I don't have to focus on like the, you know, the really super hard movements as much because I have not been losing any points carelessly. Yeah, no, I think that that's, that's a really good super takeaway from the whole experience. Well, Aiden, mm-hmm. so what does the rest of your, your season look like? All the rest of my season, I'm planning on doing some I2 and Brentina Cup tests. Um, I think we're doing a national show, not this weekend, but next weekend at Global. And most of the time, it's just me with uh, Christine and Corey, and we're working really hard and for the rest of the season. And having, of course, a big social life, which I'm not really used to. <laughs> <because> <laughs> there's so true. much stuff going on here. Yeah, I know tonight there's, I mean, literally that is one of the challenges of Wellington is, is you really have to sort of balance that. There's things that go on every night all the time. So it is, it's yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> there's sometimes you really have to say it's school night and we really can't, can't yeah. go out, So That's yeah. why we've decided um, as a, as a team to do pajama Thursdays. So now okay. we're like, we're, we locked our doors now. We're inside <laughs> and we're not going anywhere and we're going to watch some TV and just meditate and go to bed early. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I think we probably have to do that here over at our house. Everybody well. should have a pajama, pajama Thursday. Thursday. I like it. Well, Aiden, thank you so much for your time. As always, we love having you on the show, and we look forward and to I love being here. Catching, catching up with you as, as the time goes on. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. He was her first love, the one that started it all. He taught her how to master the posting trot, and navigate her first hunter course. They spent hours together exploring the trails and hanging out in the barn. His name was doodled on every page in her school notebook. His coat gleamed in the sun as he met her at the gate each day, snuffling for a treat. From the first time she saw him poking his head out of the stall to the last time she patted him goodbye, he was, and always will be, her everything. This love story is brought to you by Nalox Advanced, providing complete support for a healthy digestive tract, which reduces the risk of colic and digestive upset. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Well, it was so fun to hear about Aiden's experience, and now I hope you enjoy hearing about J.J. Tate's experience riding with Yo Hinneman in the USDF FEI Trainers Conference. Well, tonight we are so happy to have our friend and fellow rider J.J. Tate on the program. J.J., how are you? I am great. Thank you guys so much for having me. Well, we are doing today a wrap-up of the USDF uh, FEI Trainers Conference, and you had such a fantastic ride both days. I had a terrific experience. I brought a coming eight-year-old, mostly Connemara pony. I think there's a tiny little bit of Canadian warm blood in there. Go, Philip. Yes. <laughs> um, represent. And he's <laughs> representing. He's 15-2, but we call him a pony. We call him a super pony uh, because he's pony by breed, but not necessarily by size. But I wasn't sure, you know, what Johan Hinneman would think about me bringing a Connemara pony, but... Uh, he moves like a horse, and he is owned and bred uh, by Pam Liddell of Kaninmont Connemara's. And I've been showing him for, I think, a little bit over a year now. And he's just become a really, really special uh, horse in my program. And I was just really delighted that uh, I was selected to be a rider. And it was really a terrific experience. Really great. He's accomplished a lot this year, has he not? He did. He did. He uh, won the fourth level at Devon. He went on to win regionals at fourth level, region one, uh, fourth level. And then he went on to uh, be third at the U.S. finals at fourth level and then scored a 68%. He had a wild card also at the pre-St. George at the finals. So he, he has just been fantastic this year. And we're excited to go for the Developing Young Horse Championships this summer and uh yeah see see how the rest of it goes 
Awesome. That's so fun. So tell us, what were some of your uh, highlights from this week? You know, it was really fun. Uh, we, we ride a little bit on Sunday afternoons with, with Yo just to get him to introduce the horses and so he can decide what he wants to work on. And, you know, my pony, my horse, uh, he has really big movement, but sometimes he can get a little bit uh, braced through the, through the pole and a little bit tight in the back and then not have enough hind leg coming underneath. And so we really worked on some really great exercises of, you know, continuing to focus on the activity of the hind leg and keeping him, you know, with transitions within the gait, really active and then sitting down and then active again forward and sitting down. So we did some really great, um, like, haunches in at the canter to develop a little bit better sitting in the pirouettes. And from there, we would go back and forth from collected walk with the haunches in and then back to canter. And he really wanted a lot of bending behind the saddle, uh, keeping the horse really uphill and tall in the shoulders and tall in the neck. Uh, so that was a huge help. And I really felt that every day that got much, much better. And Gideon definitely got a better understanding of what I want for him from him in the pirouettes. So that was really, when I finally did make the pirouette kind of small, he really had no problem. So that was really fun to develop that. For me as a rider, I thought it was really fun. You know, you ride so much, you know, a lot of horses, you show a lot, you know, so you kind of like have the way that you do things. And for me, it was really fun to ride the half touches in a little bit different way. And he really made me really, you know, and I say this to my riders too, like the most important thing about lateral work is find your line whatever line you're going to ride on, like commit to it, know where it is. But what Yo really helped me with was really turning the horse front end, you know, forehead, sternum, everything, like turn him first on the line. And then instead of thinking anything about the bend being in the neck, he really had me bend the horse really a lot behind the saddle. And it was really cool to see how Gideon was able to keep, his beautiful uphill swinging trot. And I mean, I think by the end we were doing like half touches almost from the Grand Prix. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. And he was really able, I mean, he's never done them that hard before. And it was really fun to, to feel how much focus, you know, to really keep the whole front of the horse, like all the part that was in front of the saddle to keep that truly going to the line that I chose. And then just bringing the horse's hind legs around, that was a really fun exercise. And I felt every single time how much more up in front of my inside leg uh, Gideon stayed. And so then how much better balance the half pass. And so the expression was good and the balance was good. And then it definitely had enough bending because I clearly got to the, the letter I was aiming for. So that was for me as a rider, like, wow, that was a really different kind of new sensation and sort of experience which I, I really thought was neat I really felt like that that was sort of a theme of many of the horses that were there over the two days is sort of um, you know improving the half pass and the expression in the half pass and you could see how when you ride it wrote it just how you described that the horses were less likely to collapse on their in or on their inside front leg and they all sort of got more expressive and and really showed off the trot in, in the half passes. So I thought that was, a, you know, for me, one of the best tips and takeaways is, uh, you know, he had he had everybody really ride that half pass really forward, but with a high degree of bend, like you said, uh, in behind the saddle. So I think that can help a lot of horses. Yeah, I mean, it really changed. And, I, and I'm really delighted that I was able to actually, like, feel it from the saddle. But, but it was absolutely a totally different feeling. Um, you know, I, I've had a lot of lessons with a lot of great people and it's like, oh, keep the horse, you know, up in front of your inside leg. And you can use that leg to bring more swing and expression to the trot. But I didn't feel like I lost any of that when I truly could just turn the horse on the line. Like I never, I didn't have to fight for it to keep the expression there. It, it was just automatically that front half of the horse was still truly like just really going forward. So that was that was a huge impression 
um, and something really, really cool for me to experience. Yeah, and it was really cool for us. Uh, Philip and I happened to be sitting sort of on the short side, and it was so cool because we could really see as you developed it. It was like, oh, my gosh, and then you could see sort of your light bulb went on, and then Gideon's light bulb went on. It was really cool yeah. uh, to see. You know, it was, it was, yeah, it was like, wow, you know, it's fun to, to sit at a conference and see see that. Um, do you have any other takeaways uh, from the weekend, from Monday and Tuesday? I thought, yeah, yeah. I mean, I a couple of things. I, I thought what was also really great was, you know, here's this great man who's trained a lot of fantastic people. And just, like, hear him talk about how he, in the collected walk, keeps the horse really thinking forward. And I've sort of, like, found myself kind of accidentally doing this. You know, and I thought, well, I don't know if it's right or not, but it's working. So I'm going to keep doing it. So he was like, oh, you know, it it seems right. I don't know what someone's (laughs) going to say about it, but I feel like maybe it's okay. Um, You know, about not really. uh, And in our barn on my team, we call it the Bundes Championat Canter Depart, where it's like, I feel like so many times everybody shortens the reins too much and collected walk and is like getting ready to get ready to collected canter. And by that time, the horse is crooked. He's against the bridle, you know, and then you sort of start like, totally. Yeah. And then it's like, (laughs) then it's not a good depart. And I I thought that was really fun for him to really talk about like shorten the reins halfway, pick up the canter and then shorten the reins the rest of the way, because the horse should never lose that desire to keep taking you somewhere, even in the collected walk. And I thought, God, that's really cool that those are, words that kind of went along with my feeling that, you know, otherwise you just get, you're then dealing with so many symptoms of, well, I collected the horse too much and now it's behind me and it's crooked. Now, oh, I get a, I get a six on that canter depart in the pre-St. George because haunches came in. You know, this is just like, yeah. go forward, do a tunnel, be in front of me, and then I'll, you know, hind leg to the bit, then I'll sort of uh, shape your body once you're committed to going forward. And I thought that was for Gideon. He's really, uh, eager and he wants to, you know, he wants to try to pee off or he wants to like, you know, get all excited that we're going to canter, you know? So I got all this kind of like emotion going on in the collected walk. And he, you know, as a pony, like I need to get every single point as great as I can, because, you know, he's going against like super fancy, incredible moving warm blood. So for me, you know, that was kind of a cool tip also to just keep him having his best walk possible uh, and is having this like beautiful forward expression that then you can kind of gather up once you get into the canter. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think uh, the other thing that I saw and was a big theme is that really um, picky about the canter transitions, I mean, he, he said very uh, quite a few times about that being one of the most important qualities is, you know, riding in your warm-up, um, you know, uh, trot to canter and making sure the horse jumps underneath and and goes forward. And then from, you know, and then doing the walk to canter, like you said, and, and just making sure the horse is going to bring that hind leg and then figuring out the canter once you're in it a little bit. As long as the horse is going forward... You can shape it and mold it and do what you want and collect and, you know, but uh, I think really often we see a lot of horses and, you know, that start off um, maybe a little too collected or like you said, a little crooked or just not thinking forward. And then that causes more and more and more problems, right? Because yeah, then the rider yeah. has to, you know, you know, give the rein or, and, and drive forward or, or this or that. Yeah. Whereas if you're starting from a place of energy you can you can easily collect that you know, and uh, and that exactly. was good. You know, yep. he talked about that you know developing flying changes from you know having a good sharp um, canter transition that that a, a flying change is and I've heard this before the flying change is just a transition within the canter to another lead and so if you don't have a good walk to canter or a good trot to canter to start with you're not going to get a good flying change no matter what because the horse is anxious and and like you said might be thinking passage or you know whatever and and then just not going to give you that quality so um yeah i mean there were so many great things that we saw with demonstrated with the riders that uh um you know i wish i had bought the video or, or whatever right me too me too i thought <laughs> i gotta go back and i'm like this is one of the symposiums like his commitment to the correct basics i thought was just 
terrific. And that applies to every kind of horse, any kind of mover, you know, any kind of anything, you know, that it's like, you know, canter, trot, trot, canter every time on a circle, you know, helps swing the horses back. And that was like one of the things like he always went to, to just make sure that just the horse is loose and it's in front of your leg, but he never chased any of the horses around, which I also love because that's a little bit something that I find a lot of my students kind of misinterpret of like forward needs to be fast. And it's like, no, forward needs to be, you know, energetic and full of volume and full of impulsion, which has nothing to do with speed, you know? And Mm -hmm. I like that a lot too, that he talked so much about activity and what he, he was very clear about what he wanted. And it was never like, gallop that horse down the long side. You know, it was really within the gate or between, you know, the real element of why would you do canter trot? Or why is it important that the walk canter is so good? I uh, really right, forward, love that. Forward in a moment, right? Forward right. at the right time yeah. was right. really, the, yeah, yeah, you know, what, what we need, right? Because, like you said, you can get a horse to gallop down the long side, but... You know, is he going to learn that that was about the movement on the other end of the ring that you tried to do? I I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I really, I really felt like it was like such a high level, yet all of it was basic, which I I just really appreciated so much. Right. I think that's, that was what we all kind of thought was like, oh, wow, we need to go home and really watch the basics. That was a huge takeaway from the whole couple days. Um, and we had talked about it also with Aiden. Um, she was on the show as well and, and talking about, you know, if he said center line, he meant center line. If he said 20 meters, he meant 20 meters. Yeah, ride the lines for sure. Ride the lines, ride the transitions. Those were all very, very important. Yeah, and it was cool because I always tell my riders too, I'm like, why not just be great? Like, why not just do it great <laughs> yeah. the first time? You know, like, it's just, and I loved it when in, in one of Aiden's uh, lessons, he was like, no, five, three time tempies. You make the third one exactly at X, you know, and I, I just love that because I, uh, you know, keep that standard with my students too. And it, it was fun to have someone at that level where it's never not that. It's never not about exactness and control of the movement and to be really, you know, just do, 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 do diligence of like every day. Why not just practice excellence? You know, I, I thought he in a really non-stressful way, really brought that to everyone's attention of like, oh, like that's not, that's not the center line. Like the near doesn't count. Like it's either on the center line or it's not on the center line. And like, why not just do it great? You know, and I just, mm-hmm. I love that, that it was like a non-stressful thing of like, get on the center line. You know, it's like no one's shouting and it's not like crazy. No, you just, it you just, just, no, like, just, just do it again. No, you just like need <laughs> yeah. to do it. You need to do it, again. do it well. Yep. Period. Just do it well. Nope, that's not it. Do it well. And I just, <laughs> I love that. that was so and great. he stood there and he stood there. And I, I think a couple riders did center lines five times. And these were all top riders five times center lines. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. And it was nope, like, that's not it. Yeah. So it was, it was <laughs> a, a great reminder. Yeah. yeah. Circle again. Do it again. So it was a really, really great reminder. Well, JJ, thank you so much for your insight and, and your uh, just telling us how the trainers conference went this week. Uh, if our listeners wanted to find you online, how do they do that? They can either um, join my fan page of Team Tate Dressage on Facebook, or they can visit my website, www.team-tatedressage.com. And, um, yeah, I'd love to hear from anybody and answer any questions anybody has. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, JJ. Thank you guys so much for having me. Welcome to bedinabox.com, where you'll find the most comfortable, pressure-relieving memory foam mattress at only one-third the cost of the leading brands. We have created an exclusive memory foam that sleeps cooler, rebounds quicker, and cradles your body in pain-relieving comfort better than other types of memory foams. Introducing our new memory foam technology. By swirl-infusing gel into our advanced memory foam, we have created an even cooler, more comfortable sleeping surface. Best of all, it's made right here in the USA. He had been dealing with back pain and chiropractor visits for a while, so we decided it was probably time to find a new mattress. So we started doing some research on memory foam mattresses and found bendabox.com. We were on a trip with some friends, and they actually had a bendabox mattress in their camper. 
and on their recommendation, we decided to get one for ourselves. They got it to us in no time. We had no problem adjusting, and we were thrilled with the comfort. In fact, my husband doesn't have to get up early anymore due to back pain. He can lie in bed for as long as he likes without any discomfort. We recommend Bed in a Box to anyone who has back problems or just needs a good night's rest. We believe we have created the world's best memory foam mattress. Using independent, accredited labs, we have tested our mattresses against the industry leaders to ensure comfort and durability. Test results show our mattresses relieve pressure better than the more expensive ones found in retail stores. Buying a mattress over the internet may seem risky. That's why we offer a 120-day zero-risk return policy. You get a full 100% refund if you're not satisfied. No hidden fees and no return shipping charges. And we back them with a 20-year warranty. Sound too good to be true? Don't take our word for it. Read what real customers are writing about us on Facebook, Twitter, Viewpoints.com, and other third-party review sites. We are dedicated to quality and service. We offer fast, free shipping to the contiguous U.S. Your mattress will arrive conveniently packaged and will be ready to sleep on within minutes. With the benefits of the leading brand mattresses, but at one-third the cost, why wait? Start getting the best sleep of your life. Call, chat, or email one of our friendly customer care agents to learn why 99% of our customers sleep better and toss and turn less on their new bed-in-a-box mattress. I really enjoyed hearing about um, the FEI Trainers Conference, the USDF Trainers Conference, and now we're going to hear about another USDF program from Cassandra Hummert-Johnson that happened this week in Wellington. Well, I am so happy to have Cassandra Hummert-Johnson, FEI Trainer from Cleveland, Ohio, on the program again. Cassie, how are you? Hi, Reese. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, we love having you back. It's always fantastic. Um, and you did quite a, it was quite a busy weekend here in Wellington. A lot of USDF programs going on. And you went to the USDF, USET uh, Graduate Young Writer Program this weekend, right? Yes, I did. I attended, uh, it was put on by the USDF. And the USDF is at the Embassy Suites in uh, West Palm Beach. And it was a wonderful experience. Great. Now, is this your first time at the graduate program? Yes, it is. I knew a few others that have done it in the past years, and this is the first year that I applied and also attended. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about uh, the program. Like how, what, are the, what are the criteria? How, how does one get into this program? Well, first, the criteria to actually apply, uh, there's three main pieces of that. It's open to riders between the ages of 20 and 28. Uh, you have to be a USDS member. And uh, they ask that you're riding at third level or above. And uh, luckily, I, I've met all those criteria either yep. now or in the past. So that was that was the first step. Uh, the application process is, is fairly simple. It's just um, a form that you fill out, sort of stating your riding history and a couple questions. And you send that on through email to uh, the USDF and... Uh, they contact you later to tell you whether or not they would like to invite you out to West Palm to, to attend the, the conference. Excellent. And how many how many people came to this year's conference? There were about thirty, about thirty, uh, about thirty participants this year. Oh, that's fantastic! And um, and it's this program's mainly geared to people that are going on to be professionals in the industry, right? Right. There were some riders that were maybe still in the program, but, you know, it starts at the age 20. So a few of these riders were doing the young riders still, but most of them were either just becoming professionals um, or, or they're already established and they're coming for some more knowledge. Yeah. So what were some of the things that uh, was discussed at the conference? Well, it was over two days. It was a Saturday, Sunday. So uh, each day they had a list of, of unique presenters. It wasn't the same each day. Uh, and the first day was uh, jam-packed full of different people that were, were really talking to us about things in the horse industry that, you know, I don't, I don't usually get to hear every day. So, Cassie, tell us who were the presenters on Saturday. So, on Saturday, we had a very interesting group of presenters. Uh, the morning was mostly talking about sponsorship and horse syndication and ownership and part ownership and funding and supporting our riders. So a lot of information. Uh, we had Alan Mann from Attaquan, uh, Kim Boyer from Hampton Green Farm, 
and Rebecca Hart, who is a para rider and has represented the United States many times. And they all talked about some different form of, of sponsorship in the dressage industry. And uh, it was very interesting learning from them because not only are, are they involved either from the, the giving end, uh, we heard from Rebecca Hart, who rides syndicated horses. And, and both of those, um, both of those were, were very interesting topics for me because it's not something I often hear about in, in you know, my everyday uh, going about in the dressage world. Yeah, it's true. I mean, syndication, and it's tricky. On each one is a little bit different, and hearing the more and more you can about different horses and how they work, that's fantastic. So tell us a little bit about what happened on Sunday. So we also had some different presenters. Obviously, the sponsorship was, was sort of a big topic because that's who the conference was focusing on was young professionals and how to get a big horse and how to get in the ring. But on Sunday, we had we had some different people talking about different things in the horse industry. Uh, the most the most interesting to me personally, um, although everyone is very interesting, was was sort of the legal side of, of this industry. And we had a very good attorney from Chicago come. Her name was Yvonne, and she uh, gave us just good advice on how to run a business uh, with with good liability policies and good insurance and, uh, you know, how to protect yourself because we unfortunately are an industry where the risk is very high. And she had some great examples and very interesting lawsuits that she's been involved in. And it, you know, it really was a reality check for a lot of us young professionals on on how to be really conscientious of that part of the business. No, I think that that's that's so right, and I think that that's good reminder for all of us that that there are there are some legal issues with the horse industry for sure. Yeah, I think we can all be a little naive in, yeah. about these things. You know, whether it's uh, the liability about um, you know protecting people, protecting yourself, and protecting people who you're teaching and who's running, but also in the business end of it about, you know, legal, you know, documents that you should have, you know, selling horses, buying horses, uh, going along with the sponsorship thing, you want to protect yourself. So it's all kinds of legal things. I'm sure that could be a presentation over weeks and weeks. Exactly. But that was, that was very interesting to me. And then in the afternoon on Sunday, we had a little, again, a different group of, of presenters, they were they were riders that we know and see, and who run their businesses here in the United States and in all different forms, whether it be sales or competing. And uh, we had Lendon Gray and uh, Tooney Page talk about different opportunities here in the United States for education, and then opportunities in Europe for education. Which for myself and a lot of riders, it was it was wonderful to hear uh, firsthand some of those experiences and some really good advice because going to Europe is an intimidating experience and, and to hear from a U.S. rider and, and competitor tell us a little bit about what to expect and how to get the best uh, experience out of that was, was very interesting. And then after them, we had uh, Endel and Catherine Bateson talk about their careers, which are very different, and how they got to the, the place that they are now. And, and all of those presenters were very inspiring and full of information. And to have them all in one room in the span of, you know, three hours was, was just so super. It was super. That, that's fantastic. So, Cassie, is the young adult program every year or is it every other year? Yes, it is uh, offered every year. It is uh, f- there's opportunities available through the Dressage Foundation for grants to attend. Uh, it's also a good idea for people interested to contact their GMO. I was uh, lucky enough, and I thank the Northern Ohio Dressage Association for providing funding to allow me to attend. Uh, but it's available. But uh, as long as you meet the criteria, it's available every year. It's held here in West Palm Beach. Fantastic. Well, Cassie, how can our listeners find you online? I can be found online uh, either at www.lavendeldressage.com or there is a business Facebook page at the same name, Lavendel Dressage LLC. 
Well, we're going to get to our total saddle fit uh, tip of the week right after we. I, I'm going to check in with Reese about about her total saddle fit girths and what's what's been going on uh, with her horses lately. Yeah, well, we actually used it today. You, uh, it was fantastic. Uh, you worked with my assistant. I just switched on a different horse today. Yeah, we switched, and uh, Philip worked with my assistant Ashley today. It was it was great because all I heard was Reese, can I borrow your total saddle fit girth and shoulder relief girth? And I said sure. Uh, they needed it for a different horse. They switched the girth because uh, it was just a better fit on that horse. And so you know, we use them all the time. And I love them because we use them on sort of uh, a little bit more round horses. And we have other, you know, skinnier horses and just really fits everybody. And, um, you know, we're, I, I'd like to say that we, you know, we try to take the best care of our tack as we can, but they get, they get worked here. They put through the ringer run. as it were. Yes, right? you know, like, it's, it's, a, it's a tough girth and, it is. you know, you can use it on a bunch of horses and, you know, the same at home. We you know we we clean everything, but you know, I haven't had any. It doesn't look worn or you know like old. You know, how long have we been using this product? It's been a, a while. It has while. to be a couple of years. Horses, yeah. Every day. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. We, we we're we're good testers. What, what, can you product. explain to everybody who don't know what exactly it does? Why is it better than any older girth? Because of the design, it it's curved. That's right. Yeah. It's curved so that there's more room for the horse to move their shoulders, uh, and it doesn't pinch, which is really the issue. Um, and also, it's made the quality of leather work is fantastic, um, which is one of the things we love. And the price point, you know, some of yeah. these girths are four or five hundred bucks, uh, and that's that's a lot. And this girth is is not. It's uh, low hundreds, so it's it's a very good price. Uh, for the girth, so it, lots it takes the pressure. It takes the pressure off, the, you know, sort of the belly of the horse, and puts it more towards the chest, where I think the horse is a little bit more comfortable, and uh, and the saddles seem to sit better, you know, in, more in the right place. Um, and they call it shoulder relief because when the saddle's in the right place, the shoulder has more, you know, can move a little better and not getting jammed up by the saddle. Um, I, I think it's been great, like. And for the our horse wet- to use it on today for it, you know, really helped relieve the shoulder, which is exactly what we needed to do to work on some PF massage work. So, fantastic day today with that. And uh, if you're into Western dressage, and we know we have some of those listening now too, they have a shoulder relief cinch that actually does the same thing. So, uh, oh, cool! Yep. I'm- I'm yeah, going to talk to Justin product. about this. Yeah, they have a shoulder relief cinch now. What? and uh, just came out with it. Not, yeah, because actually the Western saddles have this problem actually a little bit more, I think, even than the, the English dressage saddles. So uh, the cinch uh, really does the same thing only on the Western saddle. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And uh, the other thing uh, that we love about Total Saddle Fit is Justin, the owner of Total Saddle Fit, is great to talk to and he will answer any questions that you have uh and about the girth or any saddle fit issues well, saddle fit, I, think, I know mm-hmm. that people have sent him um photos and, and you know and you could just contact him through their website uh totalsaddlefit.com sounds good let's get to our tip with jg tate this tip brought to you by total saddle fit the shoulder relief girth that reese and philip both love And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. Well, we have JJ Tate back for our uh, Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, Trainer Tip of the Week. JJ, thanks for staying on the show. Thank you so much again for having me and asking me to uh, participate. 
Yeah, no, as always, we love having you. So what's your tip of the week for our listeners? Well, like we said, keeping it with the theme of writing in clinics, I thought it would be a great idea to give my tip on how to have a successful clinic experience. And a couple of the things that really work for me is to, number one, always allow a lot of time to load the horse and get there in a time that won't make you nervous. Like, I don't really get very nervous, but the one thing that will kind of unsettle me is not having enough time. So I think, you know, it's always, of course, that day that your horse decides, like, they maybe don't want to go on the trailer or (laughs) something, you can't find something or, you know. So I always say, like, you know, give an extra half an hour. Um, You don't know about traffic, you know, whatever. So I think first and foremost, you can control what time you arrive. And I think that's a big thing. Number two, I think it's also really important that you stick to your normal warm-up. I think you're the rider, and if you ride the horse, you are also the trainer. So I think it's important to also give that horse his best experience and give the trainer you're working with the best, you know, idea of the horse and to give the best impression. You should really focus on what warm-up works for you. And I would get there early enough that you can incorporate If you need to ride the horse long and low, if you need to do a little two-point canter, if you need to walk for 20 minutes, you know, whatever it is, I think it's important that you own that and you create that same situation when you go off property and ride a horse for a clinic or a lesson. You know, you set the horse up for success as much as you can. Um, I definitely think you should always have extra equipment in the trailer just in case something breaks. Um, But I do think... You know, also being upfront with your new trainer or clinician. And I always tell my students the number one rule is that you should always go watch the clinician before you ride with the clinician. Just so you have a sense of that the whole thing is going to connect with your system. You know, I mean, it's, it's great to get outside influence, and I encourage all my riders to go ride with other people. I usually go with them and watch. Um, you know, and as long as it's all under kind of the same umbrella, I think that's really important uh, that you also decide before you take the horse there that it is under the same umbrella of training that you're doing and that it's not going to be detrimental to the horse's health or mentality or training level, that you can really, um, you know, have that kind of camaraderie within the system. Uh, otherwise it becomes kind of random events and like, Oh, I rode with this person and they told me to ride really forward with the pole up. And then I went the next week and I rode with that person that told me to stretch the horse only down, you know? And then unless you have a, a really deep sense of what this horse needs, you can make an educated decision of like what you want to keep. Um, but I do think it's important to always go watch the clinicians before you commit, uh, just so you know what you're up for, what's going to probably happen. And again, be really upfront with the condition of like, you know, this is my, this is what my horse is great at. This is what my horse's weaknesses. Um, you know, this is what I would like to work on. But then also, you know, I have a lot of tr- people who come to ride with me in clinics and like, I'd really like to work on fine changes. And I'm like, you need to learn how to sit in the saddle, you know, and sit on the horse correctly. So we're going to start there. Learn the canter. And yep. you're probably going to be mad, but. Again, like just like the clinic with Joe Hinneman, it always comes down to basics and correctness. Um, you know, so I think it's important to tell the clinician, you know, what you've been working on and how you've been approaching it. And you know, if your horse needs a break, I think you also need to be honest with the trainer to say, hey, he's not super fit right now. I think just being upfront is just really uh, helpful to everyone. And first and foremost, it's the best thing for the horse. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think that that's so important because, again, you are always your horse's advocate. And I've seen it before where, you know, the clinician's trying to get something through and maybe they just push it too far for the horse or the horse gets hurt or, you know, something like that. So end of the day, you are the advocate, but I just loved how you said, do your homework before you go to the clinician. It's really, that's so important to do that. You know, don't go to, to someone, uh, Philip has a great story about, uh, and Phil, you can, you can tell it, but you know, basically about people that weren't prepared about going to a clinic that was going to have Cavalettis in it. 
and they didn't know <laughs> it. And so they were going to have to jump, but right. they weren't ready. Uh, so right. I, I think that's Yeah, I mean, so I, and you can, I mean, clinicians and teachers, we all have sort of a theme and some go-to exercises. If you can approach those a little bit before you actually go to the person, you're going to get a lot more out of it, you know? Um, Absolutely. But if they have One to of my... teach you a pattern and then you're supposed to work on it, I mean, you're going to use up your 45 minutes or whatever really fast. And yeah, you're going to get not one as of much my, Totally. Oh, my God, I agree. I mean, one of my students, she's going to ride with Charles DeCumpty, my long-term mentor. He's coming uh, this week. And so, you know, a couple of days ago, she asked me, hey, you, you know, do you have an extra book? I'd really love to read about his philosophy. And because she's new to our team. So, of course, she's new to Charles. And so she, you know, borrows a book from me, you know, one of the whatever, five or seven that he's written. And, uh, you know, she's going to do her homework, read about it so that these new terms aren't like brand new information that she's never heard about. You know, she, you know, she can't go see the clinic before she's going to ride in it, but she knows because he's my mentor for so long that of course it's highly recommended and it's in our, it's in our circle of training. But, you know, she went even a step further and like borrowed a book from me to say, Hey, I just want to get familiar with some of his patterns, you know, what he's about. Just so that, again, she doesn't waste her money. She doesn't waste her time. She doesn't waste her horse's sweat, you know, kind of having to repeat the thing so many times. Oh, I think that that's beautiful. Preparation. Yes, that's preparation. That's great. There's so much stuff on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's out there, right? There's so much information. Exactly. It's such a different time. You know, everything is on the internet. You can find out all kinds of things. <laughs> no, it's true. Well, and, and, and kudos to that student for doing, and she will get her money's worth because she'll know what she's sort of going to do and what's going to happen. So, and, and you'll, as her, her trainer, you'll be there as well. And I think that that's just one other point yeah. I wanted to bring up really fast. I love that, that you said, you know, if my student's going to go to a clinic, I'm going to try to be there. And uh, I think that that's so true. You know, if your student's working with someone else, you know, to be there and to watch and, and it just as an instructor, it's a great thing because you can kind of step back, watch, you know, get even new ideas or, or whatever it is. Or, oh, my gosh, you know, I didn't think about that with that horse. So um, I think that was a, a great tip as well. Well, JJ, thank you so much. You are a busy lady. You've got, you've got a lecture going on at your barn right now, and you jumped on the phone with us. So thank you so much. And how do our listeners find you online? They can either friend me on my Facebook page at Team Tate Dressage, or they can visit our new website, www.team-tatedressage.com. Thank you guys so much for having me. Well, guys, before we wrap up the show, I just wanted to mention that it is the Year of the Listener. So over on the Stable Scoop show, we are highlighting a different listener every week. So if you want to take a listen to to the stories behind your fellow listeners, and there's been some fun ones, you can head on over to StableScoop.com. And we want to remind everybody, too, that uh, we're officially announcing this week two things, special things that are coming up, uh, three special things that are coming up on the Horse Radio Network. One is that we're going to be doing the first ever live play-by-play coverage of the finals of Road to the Horse. So that is coming up. You can find all the details at RoadToTheHorse.com, but we'll be on for four hours on the final day, giving you radio play-by-play. It's the only way you can hear what's going on in the finals of Road to the Horse is, uh, is through our show. So that's kind of neat. They've invited us to do that. I'm doing that with Mary Kitzmiller, who was a previous competitor of Road to the Horse. So that's cool. going to be fun. I am there yeah. for entertainment only. I don't know a damn thing about training horses. So I'm just there <laughs> for the... I will be commenting on, you know, the side stuff. I'll be color. You're the color commentary. That's right. That's pretty cool. Mary, we <laughs> rely on for actual information. Um, and then we're going to be at Rolex this year as well. We're going to be doing Horses in the Morning, a couple of live shows from Rolex this year. So we have that Yay! coming up. Plus, I wanted to mention, and Reese is involved with this, we have confirmed now that, and we'll be getting the dates to you in the fu- in the future episodes here, we have confirmed that we are going to be helping the Brook, uh, the Brook nonprofit agency who helps uh, third, you know, animals, especially horses and, and other equids in the third world, help them care for their animals better, working animals in the third world and other uh, countries around the world. We are going to be helping them with a fundraiser and we're going to be doing an evening with the Brook. So there's going to be some very special guests that are lining up for that and it'll be a two hour live event. So we're going to be 
be giving you more details, and I think a certain Reese Koffler Stanfield is going to be required to show up. Um, <laughs> so, no problem. It's a great organization. I'm happy to do anything I can. Yep, and that's coming up. We'll let you know about that. That's going to be in March. So we have a lot of special things coming up on the Horse Radio Network. Love it. Well, as always, you can send us your email and Facebook shout outs. We love questions and I'm in the perfect location to find any guest that's pretty much needed in the dressage world. They're down here. So be happy to help in any way we can. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com. And as always, you can reach me on my email, reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com. And my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back. And we'll talk to you next week.